The month of June is almost over, and despite a couple of hiccups, the Orioles still finish the month with a winning record and are still on pace to get back to the postseason. But I wanted to look back on June, hand out some player awards, talk about the big performances, and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, June 30th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, it's going to be the Orioles June Awards Show, giving out some player awards for the month of June like MVP, Best Reliever, and Rookie of the Month, and then talk about some of the best moments from a month in which the Orioles went 13-10, and 10, their biggest win, biggest homer, best pitching performance, and more. Then finally, at the end of the pod, we'll preview this weekend's series between the Orioles and the Twins. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. But first, just wanted to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms, and we're here on YouTube. So make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. We thank you to the everydayers out there who are with me every single day here on Locked On Orioles. And for today's episode, handing out some awards for June. Now, I understand what it says on the calendar. It's still June. It's June 30th. The Orioles play a game tonight which will be in the month of June before the calendar turns to July tomorrow. I get that. But because of my recording schedule, because it turns to July over the weekend, because the Orioles don't have an off day next week, because the week after that is the All-Star festivities and the draft, and because the Orioles had an off day on Thursday and did not play, well, this was the perfect time to give out June awards, giving out the April and May awards on earlier podcasts. So all these stats will not include Friday night's game against the Twins, but it will include everything else. So we'll give out some player awards and best moments and more. And let's start with our player awards for June. And the first award is Orioles MVP in the month of June. And you wouldn't have thought this guy would have won it if you watched him in April, but Gunnar Henderson is your Orioles MVP in June. He was far and away the best hitter for the Birds this month. In 75 plate appearances in June, Henderson hit 338 with a 373 on base and a 676 slugging percentage. Let me say that again. 676 slugging percentage over an 1,000 OPS. He had a 188 WRC plus in June, which means he was 88% better than the league average hitter in the month of June. Six homers, a 1.1 war according to Fangraphs, was double the second place player on the Orioles. Henderson got a swing back. But what was really, really interesting about Gunnar Henderson's June is what happened to his walk rate. If you remember, like, the first six weeks of the season or so, when Henderson was really struggling, he was still walking a lot. That was kind of the reason he was still playing, because he was hitting, like, 180, but his walk rate was at 20%, and it was in the top five of baseball. So he was still getting on base at over a 300 clip, which meant, you know, you'd hit him eighth basically every day, and he was still very playable and was playing good defense as well. But all of a sudden, the bat comes around. He's become a much more productive hitter. Yet, his walk rate is at 5% in the month of June. He's barely walking at all. And I think it was an overcorrection and a smart one from Gunnar Henderson. 
What we talked about early in the year is he was being too passive. He was taking too many pitches in the zone. And yes, it meant he would draw a lot of 3-2 walks, but he wasn't jumping on hittable pitches. What he's done in June is jump on that first hittable pitch he sees. And that's led to a lot less walks, but it's led to a lot more hits, a lot more extra bases, and much more production from Gunnar Henderson. Cy Young Award for the month of June for the Orioles. There were two guys it was really down to, but I'm going to give it to Kyle Bradish. Tyler Wells was great in June again as well, but I'm going to give it to Bradish, who in five starts in the month of June, 28 innings pitched, had a 3.54 ERA for the Orioles, a 28% strikeout rate well above league average, 5% walk rate well below league average, and in his last 23 innings, since he had that bad first inning in Milwaukee when he gave up three runs a couple weeks ago against the Brewers, he has a 1.9 ERA in the 23 innings since then. He has been a different pitcher. That will end his June because his next start is Saturday, which is July 1st. So those are his official June numbers. Great month of June for Kyle Bradish. Slider was nasty, throwing more strikes, walking less batters than we had ever seen, doing it different ways in different starts, multiple starts of seven innings. Fun to watch him this month. Best reliever of the month, to no one's surprise, was Felix Bautista. But even though Felix won AL reliever of the month in April, June may have actually been his best month. Felix, after just tightroping his way out of the jam on Wednesday night in the ninth inning, he may and probably could pitch here tonight, Friday night, so you could add one more outing to his June. But so far in June for Felix Bautista, 10 appearances, and in 10 and two-thirds innings, he has a 0.84 ERA. That is one earned run allowed all of June. Of course, what was it? The one blown save when he allowed the two-out solo home run to Mike Ford on Saturday that tied the game against the Mariners in the ninth inning. But other than that, he was seven out of eight in his save opportunities in June. In those 10 and two-thirds innings on the one run, he allowed just six hits. He struck out 22 batters in 10 and two-thirds innings. That is more than two strikeouts per inning. And oh yeah, he didn't walk anyone in June. He hit one batter, so there was one free pass, but he didn't walk anybody in the month of June. He's walked guys, even when he's been good. And even in April, he was walking a lot of guys. Didn't walk a soul in June. Didn't even end up in many three ball counts this month. He just gets better and better, and, and it's so fun to watch him pitch. Rookie of the month for the Orioles, it is Gunnar Henderson, right? But I gave him MVP, so I'm going to hand it out to someone else. And I know it was only three games, but I'll give it to Jordan Westberg. You know, he'll probably play a fourth game in June tonight. But how about Jordan Westberg's first three games? After being called up on Monday, Westberg goes 5 for 12 with four singles, a double, two RBIs, two walks, and only one strikeout. Starting all three games, playing some good second base, some good third base, hitting the ball hard pretty much every time he's up there, working counts, looking professional. Yeah, it was, again, only three games. But I'm going to throw him the award, and I'm going to say, you know what? Impress me in July, which I think he can do. He's going to stick around and play most days, it looks like. Then we can really talk about, you know, what kind of spot he's going to have for this Orioles team in the second half of the season. Biggest, we'll start with biggest disappointment of the month, player-wise, for the Orioles Unfortunately, I have to say it, it was Adley Rutschman. If you don't count May of 2022 when, you know, he was called up more than halfway through May, 
he you know he played like eight games I think last May he wasn't very good remember he he slumped when he first came up last year every full month of Adley's big league career up until June of this season so June of last year through May of this year he had been at the very least an above average major league hitter I believe his worst month was a 105 WRC plus coming into this month Adley had by far the worst offensive and you could argue defensive month of his career in the month of June in 95 plate appearances in June Adley hit just 221 with just a 295 on base percentage and a 337 slugging percentage just two home runs and a 75 WRC plus Adley was 25 percent worse than a league average hitter at the plate this month he did hit two homers but there really wasn't a lot of power and his 23 percent hard hit rate was one of the lowest on the Orioles in the month of June and he did struggle on defense a little bit not as much receiving or blocking but he struggled a little bit to throw some runners out some of that is the Orioles pitchers a lot of them especially the relievers are slow to the plate but Adley is struggling a little bit I think fighting his accuracy with his throws to second right now it's something he will fix he still has a very elite pop time but his throws are a little off that showed in June so not a good June for Adley yet the Orioles with Adley being basically a below average player I mean his defense was still good even though the bat was bad he was worth exactly zero war in June by far his worst month and the Orioles still went 13 and 10 but remember two out of his last three games in June here in this series against the Reds he had a multi-hit game so maybe Adley back on the up and up I'm predicting a big July which should include an all-star game for Adley Rutschman and we'll finish it out with the biggest surprise player performance in the month of June I think this one was pretty easy it's got to be Aaron Hicks the Orioles lose Cedric Mullins you know on one of the last days of May they sign Aaron Hicks and basically he joins the lineup on June 1st essentially he's been great 86 plate appearances for Aaron Hicks hitting 250 with a 372 on base and a 486 slugging that is a 141 WRC plus for Aaron Hicks with four homers a 16 percent walk rate to a 21 percent strikeout rate is just vintage Hicks highest walk rate on the team since he joined the Orioles playing a really good center field they've stuck him out there and right a little bit he can play all three outfield positions and we did learn a little bit not a lot because still more roster moves are going to come but the fact that Cedric Mullins returned from the injured list and the Orioles promoted Jordan Westberg and neither of those moves included getting rid of Aaron Hicks I think the O's have shown unless Hicks falls into a terrible slump again Aaron Hicks is going to stick around this was a great signing by the Orioles at least looks like to this point he has been a huge addition really helped them stay above water with Mullins out and really thrived like he produced at a Mullins level when Mullins got injured he had a 133 WRC plus Hicks had a 141 WRC plus so far he was slightly better at the plate than Mullins was after bringing him in which is astounding and now they have both of them in the lineup pretty much every day what a pickup that was for the O's and it's very funny to watch the Yankees struggle after releasing Hicks and seeing what he's doing in an Orioles uniform but those are the individual awards I wanted to give out also got some best moments to talk about coming up next talk about the O's best win of the month their best series the biggest home run that was hit and much much more in this Orioles 
June Award Show. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. You can log on to FanDuel right now. Major League Baseball games every single day. All the lines, all the odds are right there at FanDuel. And that's right. You can bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the guy who hits the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So we are back here on the Orioles Award Show for the month of June, handing out some awards for the strongest performance in a month when the Orioles did have their lowest winning percentage of any month, but still went 13-10 and 10 and sit at 48-31 and 31 on the season as they enter play on actually the final day of June tonight against the Minnesota Twins. But first, wanted to give out some awards for the best moments of the month. And let's start with the Orioles' best win as a team in June. I got to go back to June 8th in Milwaukee after the Orioles had dropped the first two games of the series and were in danger of getting swept, trailing 3-0 heading into the seventh inning, offense looking completely lost. Then Ramon Arias gets him going, solo home run in the seventh, but it's still 3-1 heading into the eighth, and then the offense gets it going. Adley gets on, Santander doubles him home, and Gunnar Henderson delivers what I think is a top five and, and maybe top two or one biggest swing of the year for the Orioles. An opposite field two-run homer that flips the game, gives the O's a 4-3 to three lead in the eighth. They would add two in the ninth on an Adam Frazier two-run double. Felix closed it down, and the Orioles won the game 6-3 to three to avoid the sweep. They still haven't been swept this year, still haven't been swept since Adley was called up. And that was such a huge win because the Orioles were trending in the wrong direction. They hadn't played very good baseball. They were about to get swept in a series. And all of a sudden, they come back out of nowhere, win that game, and that started a five-game winning streak for the Orioles. Because after that, they would go on and sweep Kansas City, and then they'd win two out of three against the Toronto Blue Jays. It was a huge turnaround moment, especially that Henderson swing in the eighth inning. Best series of the month, they did sweep one series. It was the three games at home against the Royals, but the Royals might be the worst team in baseball. So I'll give the best series June 13th to 15th against the Toronto Blue Jays, the series right after that sweep of the Royals. The Orioles won two out of three against Toronto. It started with an 11-6 win in the first game of the series on a Tuesday night. They scored eight runs against Chris Bassett. Gunnar Henderson hit a grand slam in the third as part of a six-run inning, and then the offense just stayed on top of it and bludgeoned the Blue Jays. They did lose game two, three to one. Jose Barrios was spectacular for the Jays in that one, but the Orioles rallied in the ninth and almost came back in that game. And then on Thursday in the day game, they lock it down with a four to two victory. Adley hits a key home run in that game, and they take the series from Toronto. They've now taken both of their series from the Blue Jays. They're 5-1 and one against the Jays this year. It was just a big in-division series for the O's to win. 
and they got the job done. Biggest home run of the month, you could argue it was the Gunner two-run homer in Milwaukee that I mentioned. You could argue it was the Gunner grand slam against the Blue Jays that I mentioned. But when you have a walk-off homer, I think you got to give the award there. So it's Ryan McKenna's walk-off home run on Saturday against the Mariners. With the game tied at four, McKenna, who had entered the game in the ninth inning as a defensive replacement for Anthony Santander when the Orioles were leading, Mike Ford ties the game, goes to the bottom of the 10th, McKenna comes up with one out and the runner on second in a tie game. You're just hoping he doesn't somehow hit and do a double play. Maybe he can advance the runner to third. Maybe he can bloop one in, do something. And instead, he drives a 2-1 pitch from Justin Topa over the right field wall for a walk-off two-run homer, just his second homer of the year as the O's beat the Mariners 6-4. What a moment it was for McKenna, who felt like he was kind of close to being optioned back to AAA, but so far he has survived after that walk-off homer. Now we'll go to most disappointing loss. Got to get that one out of the way. Not going to talk much more about it because I think it was the Orioles' most recent game. Wednesday night against the Reds, 11-7 loss in 10 innings. Orioles score four in the first, lose the lead again, mount the comeback in the eighth. Adam Frazier ties the game with the homer. And then Keegan Aiken gives up four runs in the top of the 10th, and the Orioles lose the game and lose the series to the Reds. I think that pretty easily most disappointing loss of the month. How about best offensive performance by an Oriole in June? I'm going to give it to Ryan O'Hearn on Sunday, June 11th against the Kansas City Royals, against his old team, the team that DFA'd him after barely playing him in 2022. O'Hearn goes three for three with a solo home run, an RBI, and two walks in the game in the Orioles' 11-3 victory over the Royals to complete the sweep. Great call on the home run that he hit in the eighth inning by the Royals booth who just said, Ryan O'Hearn, have a day. They clearly were not happy that O'Hearn has turned things around in an Orioles uniform while the Royals might be the worst team in baseball. But it was a great performance to reach base all five times and even sweeter for O'Hearn, I'm sure, to do it against his old team. And the best singular pitching performance from an Oriole in June... I'm going to give that one to Kyle Bradish as well, who got the Cy Young Award. And I'm going to specifically say his performance on Sunday against the Seattle Mariners in the Orioles' 3-2 win that got them a series victory over the M's. Bradish goes seven innings, allowing just two runs on two hits with seven strikeouts and two walks. Kind of looked like he was done after six innings and then came back out there and got three huge outs in the seventh in a very close game, holding a 3-2 lead. That was fun to watch Bradish do that. Excited to watch him pitch again on Saturday, but he had a fantastic month of June. But that's your Orioles June recap. You know, they go 13-10. and 10. Yeah, they did lose a few series. They never got swept, but there were some rough moments in there, but they did have a five-game winning streak. They did win a series over the Blue Jays, which is always good. And again, if you can get a winning month every time, especially with the cushion they've built, the Orioles are going to make the playoffs. If the Orioles go, now, they had a lot of off days in June. 23 games was the lowest number of games they're going to play in every month. But even if you just go three games over 500 in every month here, in July, August, and September, the Orioles are going to easily make the playoffs. Think about it. They're 17 games over right now. Let's say they win tonight to get to 18 games over. You go three games over 500 in the rest of the months, you're going to be 27 games over. You're, you're quite easily in the playoffs at that point. That's a 90-plus win team. Just do that. They'll be good. But that stretch to get to the playoffs continues 
tonight. After an off day on Thursday, the Orioles welcome in the Twins here on Friday night to start a three-game series at the Yard. And I'll preview the first meeting between Baltimore and Minnesota of the season. That's coming up next. So the Orioles will welcome the Twins in tonight for a three-game set at the Yard. It'll close out June tonight and open up July tomorrow. Three games. Friday is 7.05. That is bucket hat night, floppy hat night. Saturday at 4.05 is Hawaiian shirt day. And Sunday at 12.05. Remember, Sunday's the early game. It is streaming on Peacock. That game will not be on Masson. That is the Peacock Sunday game at 12.05 Sunday. But... You can still get the radio broadcast of that one, and you can listen to every pitch of all three games this weekend between the Orioles and the Twins with the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles to listen to those games. But wanted to preview this three-game series, first meeting of the year between the Orioles and the Twins, three games this weekend at Camden Yard. Starting with the Friday night game tonight, 7.05 p.m. first pitch, Pablo Lopez is going to take them out for the Twins, a guy that... For a long time, I and many other Orioles fans have wanted the O's to trade for. Well, the Twins were the team that did it, sending Luis Arise to the Marlins in the offseason for the righty Pablo Lopez. Now, Lopez has been solid. We'll get to it. But Luis Arise is hitting about 400 this year and is an all-star and is having a career season. So not sure how the Twins feel about that, especially because their offense has struggled this year. But Lopez has still helped them, although he hasn't been as good as he has been in years past. Pablo Lopez, the righty, Big-time split-change guy. Like, he's going to throw that change up to righties and lefties. It is a Felix Bautista-style fall-off-the-table splitter. Always got to be ready for that pitch. But he does have a 4-4-1 ERA on the season. However, strikeouts are going up. He struck out at least nine batters in each of his last three starts. The Orioles have only ever seen Pablo Lopez once. That was when he was with the Marlins in the 2020 season, and he pitched five scoreless against the O's. I'd say a, a fairly different Orioles lineup this time around. And he will go against Dean Kramer, who continues to get hit hard, but somehow gets outs. And I'm predicting six innings and three runs from Dean Kramer tonight, because it's pretty much what he does every time out there. And it helps the team. Saturday game is at 4.05. It is Bailey Ober, the tall 6'8 right-hander who will take the mound for the Twins. Ober has finally finally had everything click for him. He was a good pitching prospect. He was kind of bouncing up and down between the majors and AAA. He has found it this year for Minnesota. Ober has a 2.97 ERA, big fastball, really, really good curveball and off-speed pitches, has only walked 15 batters in 70 innings. He's finally put the command and control all together. He's got three straight quality starts coming into this one, but he's never faced the Orioles. So will be an interesting matchup. And the Orioles' June Cy Young Award winner, Kyle Bradish, will go up against Ober in the Saturday game. And then on Sunday, it is the revitalized Sonny Gray. The veteran righty will start for the Twins at 12.05 on Sunday. He's been amazing this year. 2.67 ERA for Gray, who is a pending free agent, but I don't think the Twins are going to trade him. They're trying to get to the playoffs, and he's been great. Gray in his last start against the Braves, six and two-thirds innings, three runs on seven hits, five Ks, and a walk. But before that, Sonny Gray had been struggling a little bit. He had gone three consecutive starts where he only lasted five innings, four innings, and five innings. And so the O's are going to hope to try and get him out of the game early and maybe get to him early as well on Sunday. Right now, Cole Irvin, who pitched three solid innings Monday night and then with the long rain delay had to come out of the game, Irvin is scheduled to make another start for the Orioles on Sunday. So that's the pitching matchups for the three-game series. 
This Twins team has had a very, very interesting season. Their starting pitching has been pretty good, as I just talked about. I mean, three guys that I would love for the Orioles to have right now in Lopez, Ober, and Gray will go this weekend. But they've got a 40-42 and record. Now, as I record this here on Thursday afternoon, the Twins are off on Thursday, but the Guardians do play just starting their game right now against the Royals. If the Guardians win, they will be a game up on the Twins for first place in the Central with a 40-40 and record. If the Guardians lose... Then entering this series, the Twins and Guardians will both be tied for first in the AL Central, and they'll both be two games under 500. That's how terrible and embarrassing the AL Central is. But that's what the Twins are doing. They're not playing that great, but they're still right there. They've been in first place for most of the season. Just fell out of first because the Guardians have been playing the Royals and beating up on the Royals, and the Twins just got swept by the Atlanta Braves, who I think is the best team in baseball. So the Twins have fallen briefly into second place. Now, the strength of this Twins team is the pitching. This rotation's been great, and the bullpen arguably has been even better. Twins have a 3.56 bullpen ERA on the season. That is the fifth lowest in all of baseball, and they got some legitimate arms in the back of that pen, very similar to what the Orioles have. Juan Duran is the right-hander who throws the 101 mile per hour splinker, kind of the splitter slash slinker, sinker, slinky, whatever you want to call it. It's a nasty pitch, 12 Ks per nine, one four five ERA. He's their closer. He's been ridiculous. They called up Brock Stewart this year, former pretty good pitching prospect who's found it as a reliever, 12 Ks per nine and a .7 ERA, throwing over 100 miles per hour from the right side out of the pen. He's nasty. And then Griffin Jacks has kind of been like their go-to swingman middle reliever. He'll pitch like an inning or two at a time when the game is kind of in the balance in the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings. So watch out for him. Unfortunately, Jorge Lopez will not be making his return trip to Camden Yards. He's been on the restricted list for the Twins for a few weeks now. I haven't really researched it too, too much, but I didn't see a lot about why he's been on that list, but he is currently not in the bullpen. So Lopez will not be making his return to Camden Yards this weekend. Now on the offensive side... That's where the struggles have been. That is really why the or, or the Twins are under 500 right now. And it's kind of surprising because it seemed like the Twins had built a pretty solid offense. Maybe they missed Luis Arise a lot. But either way, Twins offense as a team has a 98 WRC+. plus. That's 19th in baseball. And they strike out a ton. The Twins batters have a 27.1% team strikeout rate. By far, that is the highest strikeout rate for a team in all of baseball. Now they do hit a lot of homers. 104 of them is eighth in the league, but they strike out way too much. They don't walk a lot. They're bottom 10 and on base percentage. It's not a pretty offense to watch. It's like a version of the Buck Showalter Orioles, but a version of them who doesn't hit as many homers and strikes out even more, basically. So probably not very fun to watch. Not nearly as productive either. Now, they've had some younger guys who have stepped up. Royce Lewis, finally healthy, has been pretty good this year. Edouard Julien, the rookie, has come up and been solid. Donovan Solano, kind of a journeyman infielder, has been good. But the guys they were counting on to be good have not been good. Not only are they missing Luis Arise, who they traded, and was kind of a different hitter for them, more of a singles guy who could get on base. Byron Buxton has basically been a league average hitter, and he's not playing center field at all. They're essentially DHing him, so he's not helping the team nearly as much in the field. And Carlos Correa, he's been injured, and he has a 91 WRC+. He basically hasn't been a factor 
for the Twins since they re-signed him to the big contract in the offseason. So that's been the issue. Bad offense, good bullpen, good starting pitching. We'll see what they can do against the Orioles in the three games this weekend. And then I'll be back with you on Monday, recapping all three games from the weekend, hopefully recapping an Orioles series win over the Twins, and then get you an update on who the O's All-Stars are. Because I am recording this before they announce All-Star starters on Thursday night, but the entire All-Star teams will be announced on Sunday. We'll get to that briefly on the pod Monday as well. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 